the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik. I will be your host for today's nonprofit MBA podcast. I am co-founder of Financing Solutions, and Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit for for small nonprofits in the United States. We've been doing this for 12 years. The line of credit is very popular, solves a lot of problems. And if you're interested in taking a look at the line of credit, maybe potentially getting a free quote to see how much you qualify for and if you qualify and if you don't, why? please visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Again, that's nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And we have a sponsor today, um, Arrays, Fast Fund Online. It's it's accounting software that's specifically made for small to medium-sized nonprofits. I highly recommend this company. I'm on the board of two nonprofits, and we just switched to them. Um, you know, if you're using QuickBooks or something else that's not made for nonprofits, uh, I think that's a, that's uh, I think you'll find a raise to be a lot better. It's specifically made for uh, nonprofits and the uh, the uh, people who work there talk your language. Please visit Arrays at a r a i z e dot com or call eight six six eight four zero seven four four nine and ask for Joe. Today, I am very excited to be speaking with David uh, Pisarek. Uh, David, I pronounced that wrong? Pisarek, Pisarek, it's all good. Call oh, me David. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no I knew. Uh, well, I was close. <laughs> um, and today, we're going to be going over the keys to great website design for nonprofits. David has been helping nonprofits, NGOs, charities, foundations, and community-based organizations with website branding and design for over 30 years. He has a wealth of knowledge on topics such as increasing donations, leveraging SEO, and digital marketing trends. David, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thank you so much, Stephen. Happy to be here. Hi, everybody who's listening or watching. Looking forward to helping you out. So what do you think that, what is the objective of, of, a, uh, of a website for a nonprofit that's a little bit of a loaded question, to be honest, Stephen. So it depends on your organization, the size of your organization, and where in your life cycle you are. If you're a startup, nonprofit, or charity, you're probably going to be looking to drive donations. Uh, for that to raise a bit more money, potentially you know, connecting with you about getting the, um, uh, the loan that you were talking about, right? And... Um, so that that's kind of one objective. And I think a lot of people think about their websites as a money-making facility. In reality, your website isn't really about driving donations. Your website for most nonprofits is about driving brand awareness and letting people know, hey, we're here. This is what we do. Here's how we can help you. And come connect with us. Come to our programs. Sign up for our services. But get more details about what we do. Sign up to our newsletter. And that type of thing. And that's that's typically what the no, most nonprofit and charity sites are all about. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll talk about, um, let's just, uh, I, when I look at my website for my company and then the website for one of the nonprofits I'm on the board on, you know, the first thing I think that we try to do is 
to build trust and prove trust. That's the first thing, you know? So rather it be through, you know, um, a BBB logo, uh, you know, uh, an A plus certification, rather it be through um, a statement on the nonprofit about, you know, who we serve, um, how long we've been in business, you know, all those things. Um, you know, the, I think the first thing is building trust. The second thing is giving people exactly what, the, you know, what I'm just talking out loud, giving people exactly what they want. So when they go to financing solutions, you know, the first thing they want to know is, um, you know, how do I apply? What's the criteria? All those are all things. And then uh, honestly, the, the third thing um, is, is how can Google find us, right? How can, you know, you know, those, those are the three main criterias. So can you still, can you apply those three things to a non, uh, to a nonprofit website as well? A hundred percent. So just taking a quick little step back, I say very often nonprofits and charities, they need to run as if they were a business. Okay. So you need to have that little bit of an entrepreneurial mindset there. It takes, it takes an effort to raise money so that you can fight the cause you want to fight or to buy clothes or to ship barrels of food or whatever, whatever your goal is, whatever your mission is to actually fulfill that. It takes money. It takes time. So we need to understand people come and start nonprofits always with the best of intentions. And that's a really amazing place to be. It's really warm and fuzzy. So when you take a look at your website, um, if you think of it as you're talking about, like from your business site, you need to think about it from whoever's looking at it from their perspective. And you want to engage them. So when we talk about websites, what we want to do is have photos of people that are looking at the camera or videos that are people. We are trained. It's ingrained in our DNA going back thousands or millions of years to look at people in their face. And by having pictures looking at the camera, you're actually engaging with this Neanderthal version of everybody's ancestry that we have. And you can connect with people that way. Uh, the second thing you want to think about is the copy that you've got. So quite often you'll come, the design trend is to have a very large image or, or video, and then you have some copy over top. That's called a hero section. So in that hero section, you want to have copy that talks about what you do, but you don't want to talk about what you do. So let me explain what that actually means is you don't want to say, we help feed starving children in whatever city. No, it's providing food and security to children in whatever city. Um, by taking the we out of it, it actually engages people more and makes them go, okay, I'm in the right place. I, I want to be part of this. I want to I want to help with this. If it's a we statement, then it's like, okay, you do this. How can I get involved isn't what comes into mind, right? So we want to engage on a little bit of a, a deeper psychological uh, path there. Uh, and then quite often what you'll have right below that is some call to action. So some buttons there that drive people to whatever it is that you want them to actually do when they're on your site. Mm -hmm. um, now, having said that, leveraging Google, to your point, we definitely need that. Google is the, uh, the number one search engine. The number two search engine is YouTube which is also owned by Alphabet. So it's still Google, essentially. Um, so you for your website, you want to have the keywords in there. Uh, there's something called local SEO. 
So if you're doing something in a very specific city or town or village, you want to use those words in there as well. Uh, so you can drive traffic because somebody is probably typing something into Google, uh, discount clothing in whatever uh, city or town or whatever, right? So you want to make sure that you're leveraging that. Uh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I, depending on your size of your nonprofit, if you have somebody, I, 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 respectfully, David, I would just recommend that don't lean on your graph, your designer for your website to be the SEO expert because I've designed, I've, I've been involved in several designs of several websites over a long period of time. And, uh, believe it or not, when we, uh, actually, I, I think I, I misspoke when I said those three things, trust, give people what they want or state what we do. And then SEO, um, I actually do SEO first when we are designing a website. And then I have someone who is an SEO consultant work with my designer. And so you, you know, if, so my, my question to you is this, is when nonprofits come to you wanting to redo their design, um, you had said, think like a business when you're doing it. What do nonprofits come to you like? How that's different than a business thinks. So quite often they'll come to us and they'll be like, our website sucks. We know it needs to be better. It was done even two years ago and it doesn't look look great because they had a volunteer do it. Um, or they come to us, we haven't touched our website in 15 or 20 years. Um, and it it's sad uh, to be honest um, and just blunt about it. Nonprofits are really helping so many people. I really wish that there was more time and effort put into these type of uh, digital footprints that are really key to help drive their missions forward. Okay, so having said that, what we start with when we take on a project at, uh, at my agency is we take a look at their data, so analytics. Uh, if you don't have analytics on your website, connect with me. Uh, David at wowdigital.com. My team and I, we will get it installed on your site for free. So we'll we'll get in, we'll put the code in and get all that. It's important to have the data there so that down the road, you can make some smart business decisions about what content people are coming into your site for. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a moment and why that's important. And let's, let's uh, just be clear, Google Analytics that goes on your website tells you how many people are visiting your sites? What how many what percentage of them is organic versus well, you know, probably not doing paid. You know, how many people are typing in directly versus finding you on the webs? All tons and tons and tons of data. Exactly. And it's a free platform, uh, so, which is really great. If you have analytics on your website right now and you're using Google Analytics, you're probably using UA3, which is Universal Analytics 3. Come July 1st, it, that's going to stop collecting data. You need to migrate to Google Analytics 4. The sooner you do it, the better, because then you'll have uh, historical data to refer against. Um, UA3 will still exist. You'll have access to the data. It just won't collect any more new stuff. So you'd have to jump between different properties in Google Analytics to actually see <laughs> the data. Are they automatically uh, uh Moving people to analytics for at that date, or do you have to do it? No, you've got to do it yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there's a new tag that you have to put into your site. There's a different uh, property tag. So um, for, for anybody who is, uh, who's using it, 
again, contact us. We'll help you out with it uh, and, and we'll get you in the right path for that. Um, so we take a look at analytics. Uh, one of the things that's really important to look at is how much traffic is coming into your site. What are those top 20 pages of your site? If you have a, a, a mid-sized site, maybe 100 pages, 150 pages, um, I'd say that's kind of like mid for smaller organizations. Uh, most of your traffic is probably going to maybe a handful of pages, maybe 10, 12 pages. I would say probably 70% of your traffic is going there. So what is it that they're going to? We don't want to get rid of that. We don't want to change the URL paths of that because that's going to have a big effect on your uh, your SEO. We could do 301 or 302 redirects. There's technical stuff that we can do to kind of change that. Uh, but we really don't want to mess with that because that's driving traffic, that's driving uh, search to you. Um, so taking a look at, at the data is the first step. The second thing that we look at is the site hierarchy. So what are the pages on the website? Is there a better user flow that could be applied here? What is it that people are coming to the site for? If they're coming for programs and services, you should have a programs and services navigation link or just programs or just services, whatever it happens to be. Don't put that under about what we do and then programs and services, right? Bring that up to the forefront. We want to make it very clear and easy for people to access why what they're coming to your site for. Uh, the third thing that we take a look at is um, uh, the content of your site itself. So what are the call to actions that you have? Um, quite often we'll see websites where there's like huge paragraphs of text and there's like, let's say the text is black, right? On a white background, the links. So they've hyperlinked some stuff, but it's like a dark gray and you, it's not underlined and you can't tell that there's a, <laughs> a link there. Uh, we want to make it really, really easy for people to see what it is that you want them to do. So call to actions typically work best if they're a button or some kind of graphic for people to know, okay, click here to do the next thing. The easier that we can make it for people to go, okay, here's what I need to do now, the better it is because they don't have to think through it. So where are websites headed now in design? Let's just for concept, just from a, 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 a bigger picture uh, view, I, you know, um, video integration more, I, I you know, I, what what is the the where would where do you see website going uh, going in a year or two? So where I see it right now is that typically nonprofits and charities are about eight to ten years behind where businesses are in terms of where their websites are, the design of them, the trend uh, in terms of the design, and all of that. So uh, certainly the last three years or so of COVID has proven this, that more and more people are surfing the web on their mobile devices. It's just what it is. So take a look at your website on your cell phone. You can look, on, on well, you can look at analytics and it'll tell you, but you know, just give you an example, 50% of the visitors to financing solutions comes from uh, mobile phones. So. Yeah. So I would imagine 30 to 40%, if not more for your nonprofit, whoever's listening Take a look at your analytics. Look at the phone. Look at the website on your own phone. Make sure that you know there's no sideways scroll on it, right? That it's just up and down. People with their thumb go up and down. It's too hard to go sideways. Our hands don't really work that way. Um, you want to make sure that it's mobile optimized. The flip side of that is Google has outright said that if your site is mobile optimized, they're going to rank you higher. If you, there's a good mobile interface, you're going to end up ranking higher. So, what does that mean? 
It means that your website needs to work well on mobile. If your website doesn't, that's what you need to do. And that's really been something over the last 10 to 12 years that's been moving more and more that way. Uh, now, now your designer, I mean, they're going to know that. They're going to know, you know, you know, oh, okay. It needs, it's a, I think it's called dy- dynamic design so that it, it's independent of where they're looking at it from a tablet, from a, uh, a, a mobile phone, a, a desktop. Um, I think the key that I saw when we redesigned our website just a year ago, which by the way is a ma- was a major project. Cause I mean, I think our website has uh, three over 3000 pages. Um, and it's very much integrated with a lot of stuff, but, um, it, it was, you, everyone looks at their desktop first. <laughs> One thing that I really worked on was I looked, you know, really paid, a, I spent 50% of the design ideas for the wet, for the desktop and 50% of my time too, on looking at, of course we use a designer um, and 50% on mobile, right? Because what comes out nice on desktop, because you have so much more space, doesn't work as well. On and an example would be you want your like maybe you have your donate button on the very on the very top of your homepage or your desktop, but when you look at it on your uh, mobile phone, it could get pushed down so someone has to scroll down. And I mean, your designer is going to know that, but that's a simple example. But you really want to pay a lot of attention to it, realizing that fifty percent of the people are coming to your website from mobile. Correct. Yeah, so Stephen, you're absolutely right. Um, we want to take advantage of what's called responsive design, where things will scale appropriately based on the device uh, that they're looking at. And there's uh, a lot of platforms, a lot of page builders that will just do that automatically. But don't trust the automatic. Actually look at it and make sure that it has the right spacing and all that. You might have a page that has three columns where it's like, what is our mission? We've got this, this, and this, right? Those are our pillars of our organization. Great. Well, put that on mobile. And if it's not responsive, you're going to end up with like a half a word going down in three different calls. You want it to stack appropriately and flow appropriately. Uh, the builder that one of the two builders that we use uh, in WordPress, so we use Divi and Elementor, but they allow you to customize different pieces based on what's called the viewport. So the different browser uh, dimension that you're looking stuff at stuff at. So uh, it really does help with that. Um, so make sure your site's responsive, make sure it looks and works well on mobile. Uh, to your point earlier, if a picture can tell a thousand words, video is like 10 million words, right? You can really break through with video. If you don't have video, I encourage you to just take a one minute video, cut it into like a 20 second snippet, put it on your website, talk about what it is that you do. People are consuming more of that video. And like I was talking about earlier, Google is number one search, YouTube is number two search. Put the video on YouTube and embed it in your website. Put in the description, have a link to your website back there, put in some keywords and stuff like that because pe- you are gonna end up getting found that way as well. Um, some of the people listening to this are going to say, you know, um, we'll just use, I, I, we'll just use a, um, a website, we'll design it ourselves, right? You know, we can't afford a designer. Maybe they're saying that, okay? Um, at What do you see the difference between a site that's designed by the end user 
and one that's designed by a professional? What's the difference? The difference is, does the website actually really visually tell the story of what your organization does? Does it get across what it is? And you know what? You might have the chops to be able to do it yourself. Absolutely. You, if, if you can do it, great. If you can do it in a way that allows you to update it in a quick way, super easily, you build it on WordPress, you build it on Wix or Squarespace or whatever, but how much time is it taking you to work on it, right? If it's going to take you 100 hours to build this thing, your time is worth money too. If you're a startup, nonprofit, or charity, you probably have a little bit more time. If you're more established, if you're the executive director or you know the founder, it's probably a big time suck for you to do it. And what's your time worth compared to, and yeah, you know your time is free, quote unquote, right? But your time is worth money also. And if you can chase bigger donors while somebody else is building out your site, what's the value of that to you? Uh, on the flip side of that, let's think about the reputation of your organization as well, right? Your branding, um, hiring a professional that's done this over and over and over that knows nonprofits that specialized in nonprofits and charities. Um, you're going to get something that hits the mark almost right away, if not really, really quickly. And you're going to get a system that will ideally have integrated CRM, uh, donation platform, issue tax receipts, all these other pieces that really should be there for uh, for your nonprofit to help save you time down the road. So there might be an upfront cost right now, but down the road, it'll pay off in dividends. Yeah, let me give you my uh, observations too. Um, I, have, I can always tell when I see a website that was designed by a layman person. I can always tell. And, you know, there, there's two things over the years of 25 years that I've learned early on in my first business is number one is you need to look bigger than you really are as a, as a, as a organization. So if you're a nonprofit, you need to build credibility because I can look at any website and I can say that was designed by someone who, you know, used a tool and and that one was designed by a professional. And do I really want to give my money to an organization that you know, I'm saying as a as a person who donates money to a rinky dink outfit? Right? I it's so you really it's it's the old adage, penny smart and dollar foolish. Oh, I save money on not getting my website designed. But to me, that website is the face of your organization. It is the most important thing that you are going to show people. People are going to look at your website. They're going to make donations there. They're going to evaluate who you are right there. Your employees are going to know who who they work for, and 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 so it, it, it you know, your even your constituents who are you're serving are going to know. So to me, if you're going to put money into anything, you know, I even if it's the services of helping people. You know, you you gotta kind of put it into the website design. On that note, where can you cut costs? If you say, "Hey, I'm going to bring on somebody to do it," you know, 
uh, what what are some areas that can help you reduce your bill? Um, yeah, so just hold on to that for one quick sec. We, my team and I, we did an audit of over 400 nonprofit and charity websites. And a lot of them just looked like they were really horrible. Like they came out of the year 2000. Um, some of them were only like three, four years old, right? Wow. You want to have something that looks and feels the part of your organ. Why would you donate to, to a cause to your point if they look, like it was something done in Microsoft Word and just saved as HTML and posted up on it, right? You want you want to, um, I like we donate my family and I and and my my agency we donate to all a whole variety of different nonprofits and charities for those causes. It's it's part of our core values is what we do. Um, if you look like you don't care about yourself, why would I care about you? Or why should I? Right. So, um, okay. Uh, back to your question. Uh, what, sorry, <laughs> totally forgot. What was the question? So where, if somebody really is you know, watching how much, they're all watching money about how much you spend, right? Um, some certainly more than others, but if you're going to redesign, and by the way, I wanted to go back to what you said and I'll come back, but it is like, I've learned over the years that a website design goes out of vogue in three to five years goes out, you know, like, so, so like, for example, when we designed our latest website, I went to my designer and I say, you know, this is a major project every single time we update our website and it put, it stops us from doing it because it's such a big project. I said, you know, how can we look at our website and make it easier so that three to five years down the road, when we want to upgrade the design, it's easier. So if you just, you know, think about that, the idea is every three to five years that you're going to have a new website and you talk to your designer about that. Um, there are some things that they might be able to do depending on the complexity of your, of your website. So, uh, going back to what we were talking about, which was, you know, again, where can we, can we, people, you know, cut corners? I know like, for example, with, with me, I like, I'm very specific with my designer and saying, you know, you know, I try to do as much leg work up front. So I look at a lot of websites. I say, I like this. I don't like this. I like this. So I try to reduce the amount of time they're spending on my website so that because time is money for you guys. Right. So where else, where else can you really reduce the amount of costs? So there's a few, there's a few ways that you can do that. Uh, the first way is you want to look at a content management system that has a lot of people that support that infrastructure. So for example, WordPress is one of the biggest open source platforms out there. There's security risks and things like that, but that's where uh, us experts can come in and put uh, things in place to make sure the site's secure and backed up and all that type of stuff. Um, but you want to go with a, a system where there's a big um, ecosystem around it. You don't want to go with a custom-built content management system that somebody is working on in their garage, uh, hoping that'll be the next big thing. Um, the reason for that is you're going to end up going back to them over and over and over and paying more money uh, in the long run for support. Uh, the second thing that I would say is you want to make sure that you are uh, getting a system where there's a full backend where you can manage the site yourself. Uh, you might not have time, but maybe you have some students, some interns, some volunteers. Uh, maybe there's uh, constituents, people you serve that have the background that want to give back to your organization. And if there's a back-end system 
that there's training. What we do at our agency is before we launch the site or just after we launch the site, we do a full training session. It's usually about an hour to an hour and a half. It's recorded with video and we provide that back to our clients. So if they onboard somebody, a volunteer, they can say, hey, watch this video, spend an hour, take a look at this. Uh, before you get into the system, you have it as ongoing reference. And, and oh. those, and those, you know, those things that you'd want to do yourself, just for everybody's clear, it's not design related. It's uploading articles that you wrote. It's, um, you know, you're going to talk to your designer about what changes go on on a consistent basis. Um, and so it's because we manage our own website ourselves, you know, which is easy. It's you know because we, uh, well, we used to use WordPress, which is really the standard. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to make sure I'd have to go keep going back to my designer, say, upload this article, upload this, upload this. I wanted to be able to do it ourselves. So it's not technical. It's very simple to do. Yeah. Um, other things that you can do, some of our clients, so we, we've built over 250 sites in the last, uh, almost seven years now. So we have like a repository of different page layouts. So we can go and take this and this and this and do that. Uh, some of our clients, uh, were on a site called theme forest, uh, and they find a template that they like, and they're like, Hey, can you just implement this? Uh, one of our clients, we bought that template for, we implemented it and it took like a hundred hours or so wow. to actually make it work right because it wasn't, it was built six, seven years ago, um, not on the latest version of PHP. It was for WordPress, not on the latest version of WordPress. It mm-hmm. wasn't updated in the last four years. So it was out of date. And um, so if you want to go with a theme, make sure that you're talking with somebody that knows about the technical side to go, okay, yeah, this will work for you. Yeah. This won't work for you. Uh, you can save time by getting a theme. Um, I, I don't really like that myself, but because your site's going to look like somebody else's site is a template built in a way that's SEO optimized for WordPress. There's plugins you can get to, to help with that. Um, but will it really do uh, the right thing for you? Um, so taking a look to that point and creating a list of priorities, what is it that you want the website to do? And this is where a consultant can come in like myself or, or another agency, uh, a web professional that knows what they're talking about to go, all right, we have a discovery process that we walk through and like, who is it that you're trying to connect with? Well, first off, what is it that you do? Why do you do it? Why do you care about what you do? Like, let's get a real understanding about that. Let's talk about the community and build out some personas or avatars so that like, who is it that you're trying to connect with, Right. And then the third uh, session that we run is about strategy and tactics. How can you connect with what you do to this group of avatars that we've created, right? And having a really clear understanding with that, we can create a list of deliverables. I mean, anybody that's listening to this can sit down, do some brainstorming and, and come up with this stuff. Um, but what are these things that we that we really need our website to do? And let's prioritize those. Maybe this is a two-year project and we do this in the first six months, this in the second month, uh, uh, in the month seven to 12. And then the second year, that's when we roll out this other stuff. You don't have to necessarily do it all at once if you have a really big aspirational goal. Um, so I think that's something to maybe think about uh, on there. Yeah, I mean, well. I'm adding my two cents to it too. Um, it, it's like number, the more custom design changes you make, the more complicated, the more expensive it's going to get, right? So you want to, you know, make sure you're not going crazy and nitpicking 
every little thing and making changes if you go with a template, you know? Um, and then the, the second thing I would say is you got to make decisions. I mean, I'm sure from a designer standpoint, you, you get clients who, who are not making fast decisions and it stops everything. And um, so you, you got to move forward. You know, you got to make a decision. It's not going to be earth shattering. Uh, I mean, I understand there's different personalities involved when, you know, people are very, um, some people are very, very, uh, they have a very detailed idea of what they want. Other ones, you know, care, don't really care as much. And I think it, it needs to be, it depends, you know, just, just keep that in mind. Your designer is going to slow down uh, based on decisions not made. And, uh, you know, if you, you know, so would you agree with that, David? Yeah. And so, so much so that I know that some agencies will archive the project if they haven't heard from you in two weeks or three weeks or yeah. month or whatever it happens to be. And then there's a reactivation fee. So yeah. And I, you know, them, it's like a 5% additional fee to get back in the flow. So just be careful if you're looking at hiring an agency about any kind of language around that. Yeah. And you want to get, you know, listen, your designer is on your team and you don't, you know, to me, I don't want to lose faith and credibility and interests for my designer because he, you know, he or she wants to get it done too. So they can move on to something else. But, you know, if you, I'm trying to get the best out of the people I work with. So, you know, if they're getting frustrated with you, you're not going to get their best work, you know? Um, And I think we've all seen that maybe with, even when we're doing interior decorating in our house and we have a contractor that comes in and we're changing our mind all the time, they, they start to lose faith in us, you know? Um, so we have about a minute left, you know, in this, in this, uh, you know, to talk about this, what is your the parting thoughts that you would have for anybody who's thinking of redesigning their website? Parting thoughts. Uh, one, take a look at your data. If you don't have it, get it. Um, make sure that any pages that are driving traffic, you don't get rid of those. You don't want to change the addresses if you're going to redesign your site. Um, it's going to be really detrimental. It'll take you eight to 12 months to kind of recoup from that. So you don't want to, you don't want to hurt yourself with that. Number two, hire a professional. Um, you wouldn't go to your neighbor to pull your wisdom tooth because it's impacted or something like that. You would go to a dentist um, or an orthodontist, somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, uh, it's going to save you time, money, and aggravation down the road. Yeah, I think you, and also if you go to you know a your designer like David, and you say, you know, listen, I want to do a website redesign. What is what do you think it's going to cost me? You can also go back to him and you know find that out. He can go back to him with a budget and say, listen, this is what I think I can afford, you know, and I, I guarantee you're going to raise it a little bit, but um, just keep in mind this is it's, you know, I, I hate to say this. It just takes, cause it sounds very for profit oriented. It takes money to make money. Right. Well, you know, are you being penny smart and dollar foolish? Because again, are people going to give you more money because they can trust, your organization, they can easily find the donate button, all these things. Are you going to make more money than what the website really costs over a five-year period? I, a three to five-year, I, I, I would venture to say yes, that you are. And you know what is the value in having a strong brand, strong recognition, strong understanding from your community, from your supporters about what you do and why you do it? 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you like our listeners one other thing to think about. You know, like I don't particularly like our website design for one of the nonprofits that I'm on, and um, you know I've expressed that. And um, you know, if the executive director were to come back to me and say, "Is can you give me five thousand dollars so that I, I can redesign this website?" I would say, "Here, <laughs> here's the money." Okay, so go back to your maybe your best donors, and they're going to know. They're going to know. I guarantee they're probably business people, or there's a good chance that they might be. And they'll look at your. They'll know the value, and you can get. You know, the biggest thing, biggest problem the nonprofit have is, is not asking for enough unrestricted funds. They they ask they ask they feel uncomfortable with that, and people who are uh, business people understand that you have to have a strong organization to help the people you're helping. So if you go there and you say, Hey, listen, I'd really like to get our website designed. Can you help us with make that donation? I, I think you'll get it. Yeah. Yeah. You need to hit people um, that care about your organization and care about the way that you're portrayed. Yeah. And I think it's, um, you know, I think uh, it really makes a big difference. And I think anybody would understand that, that it makes a huge difference in the organization. So um, good. Well, it was a good conversation. Hopefully we helped everybody out there get some new ideas. Uh, it's a, it's, you know, can be a, a simple process. It can be a complicated process. Depends how big the website you're doing is going to be. I'd like to thank David so very much, for, uh, David from Wow Digital for coming on to today's podcast. And if you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like today's podcast, please give us a five-star review on the podcasting app that you use. It really helps us get the word out. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com or call us at 862-207-4118. David, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Thank you, Stephen. Um, so easiest way, just go to wowdigital.com. Uh, we also have a low cost platform that we've built called mightynpo.com. Uh, so if you're struggling with your website, connect with us. We will get you set on the right path. You can also give us a call at 888-238-9679. Great. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, your time and your hospitality. So, um, I want to thank all our listeners, not just for listening, but um, for doing all the hard work of making this a better world. I know we all um, have lots of problems going on in this world, and you guys are on the front lines, and I really thank you for that. I know Dave and I are trying to do our part in our own causes, but you guys are doing it every day, seven days a week. Thank you for doing that. But I just want to remind you that you can't be good to your family your, your nonprofit, your constituents, you can't be that uh, good to anybody unless you, you think of yourself first with your health, with your mental um, well-being, and you need to take care of yourself first, and then you can help everybody else that's out there. So make sure you're doing that because we really need all the help we can in this world. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that are going uh, haywire and, you know, we all have to do our part. So make sure you're taking care of yourself first. Other than that, everybody, thanks for listening and have a great day.